Welcome to the inner room, a space where we ponder the inner movements of our heart to find God by finding examples and instructions in daily scripture readings. The emotions in our hearts can help us or hinder us in our spiritual journey. Open your heart, explore your emotions, and align thoughts and emotions with God's plans for you. When we learn to feel and align our emotions, we advance in our prayer life by loving more deeply, remaining in peace more often, and finding courage for the journey of life. My name is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and a big shout out to my son Marco Niño, producer of this podcast. Sit back or walk with us. You are most welcome here. during the Sunday that John Paul II set out to be the Mercy Sunday, one week after the resurrection, we have readings that expand our understanding of the mercy of our Father, of our Lord Jesus, and of the Holy Spirit. We can dwell in the readings and know that from the very beginning when man sins, God is ready to establish a pact and a covenant that is based on his mercy. Friends, the reading for today in the gospel is from St. John. And if we take it apart, there are so many layers that indicate that mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. We find the familiar story of Thomas, that here's the story that Jesus has come amongst them after the resurrection, and he doesn't believe. He says, unless I see it, unless I touch, I will not be certain. I will not, I will not believe. How many times have you and I had a moment where we have faltered in our belief, where there has been an element of either the faith or of our own life that has shaken us up. And we have, through loss, through trauma, through difficulty, encountered a place in our lives where we have said, how can this be possible? Lord, how can this be possible? Or why did this happen? We encounter those all the time, friends, and what a wonderful thing that we have the readings of the Bible to guide us through these moments in our lives where we are going to say, how is this possible? We have a friend in our Bible study, for example, that has a very difficult story of a young baby that died. And the whole family has been asking, Lord, how is this possible? How do we walk through this? These are moments of shock and trauma. And you can imagine where Thomas was one week after the resurrection when Jesus has been brutally tortured, publicly humiliated, where there is a persecution afoot and where all of them are trying to reconcile Jesus's words and actions with how the world has received them. And they are hiding and they're afraid and this is not a normal story, that the stone has been rolled, that Jesus is now walking again. You can imagine that you and I, if we had been placed back in that time, we probably would have, could have been Thomas. 
because this story is something hard to believe. They had seen, they had heard of Jesus's torture and crucifixion. The mercy aspect of this story that today makes me ponder and meditate is that the Lord meets Thomas in his unbelief and he's meeting me today and you in that place of unbelief where we say, Lord, how is this possible? The Lord comes directly to Thomas. He meets them again a week later and comes directly with a request specifically of what Thomas needed to believe. He knows that Thomas has said, unless I see, unless I touch, I cannot believe. And the Lord walks in their midst and says, here it is. Here's my body. Touch my side. Touch my hands. See the place where the nails were placed and and believe. And the response of Thomas is something that many of us still use, particularly in the Eucharist, my Lord and my God. The response with that encounter of mercy on this beautiful time where the Lord helps us to remember that he's merciful is that he meets us where we are. He meets us with the evidence, with the truth that we need to continue walking, to continue believing and that it will be personal, it will be intimate, and it will bring us right into the place of his own wounds, where he can show us he has been at the darkest and the most difficult places of being human. It is also very merciful of the apostles to have taken the time to write these stories at a time when they were all being persecuted, and we know they all die, deaths of persecution, except John. And John at the end tells us, I have written just a few of the stories of the signs that Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, that these are written so that we can believe they can reach us through a couple of cent- a couple of millennia, but they have traveled through the centuries so that others could encounter these stories, these words, and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that he's the anointed one. He is the one that prophets spoke about in that through these belief, friends, you and I may have life in his name. What does that mean? What does it mean to have life in the name of Jesus? Friends, it means that that same power that created an earthquake and brought dead people out of the tombs. And that did what we also witness in the Acts of the Apostles after the resurrection and the ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit that we find in Acts chapter 2 in the first reading, that the disciples are devoting themselves to the teaching that Jesus left with the apostles in the communal life, the breaking of the bread in the prayers. Friends, here we have the liturgical explanation of what we still are doing today. We are still praying and breaking the bread. We are still coming together. We still pray as a church every day, every three hours around the world so that there is prayer without ceasing. 
and we continue the learning and the teaching from the little ones to the ones that are preparing as adults to become part of the community and beyond. In our church, we have 10 or 12 studies ongoing every year that take people through the story of the Bible, through a particular saint that left writings from the fathers of the church, from the journeys of St. Paul, through reading the Gospels of Matthew, diving deep into some particular epistle and figuring out what it means for us today. So do take the time to sign up to be able to listen to the life of the Lord still activated in our life and wanting to be activated in those around us. The first reading says a couple of times that they believed and they were together. That sense of commonality, of having meals together, of praying together, of sharing the material possessions, devoting themselves to meeting in the temple, in the homes, and to have hearts of exaltation and sincerity in praising God, knowing that every day the Lord added to their numbers. On Easter Vigil in our church, we had 32 people that received the sacraments, adults, for the first time. And worldwide, there were 40,000 new Catholics that came into the church on that vigil. What a rejoicing, still ongoing throughout the world. And friends, many more are coming, and they are counting on you and me, making that effort to reach out uncomfortably, through places where we might not know exactly what to say, but the Lord in his mercy has left us the Holy Spirit, that love between the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit in his mercy is groaning from within us so that those prayers that we do not know how to utter can be uttered. Today we pray, friends, that just like Jesus met Thomas where he was in his place of unbelief, that those of us that have people in our lives that are dear, people that have our same blood, people in our close family, in our circle of friends, in our circle of work, co-workers or college students that have other students or high school students or young ones that are in families where they haven't yet received the sacraments. Friends, we pray that the Lord will continue to add to the numbers of those that believe. Why? Friends, Psalm 118 tells us that we come to the Lord with thanksgiving because he is good and his love is everlasting and he hears our prayers and his mercy, says the psalm, endures forever. And that is why we praise him. The psalm says, I was hard pressed and falling, but the Lord helped me just like he did to Thomas, he wants to do for us. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and he has been my Savior, the joyful shout of joy in the tents of the just. Friends, the last little bit, I have been so busy. There's so much going on at work, and this year I truly took on too much with a full class for my students, and I know that I'm weary because there is um, all these senior things going on. 
and we had prom and oh my goodness, it has been so busy. I've had days, one day I worked 17 hours. So I am trying to balance it out, friends, and I'm trying to um, remain in that spirit of rejoicing, knowing that as the psalm tells us, this so, the stone that the builders rejected is the cornerstone of our lives. To keep our eyes on the Lord, to know that the Lord is good and that his love endures forever. Friends, we go to the throne saying, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you share with us your Holy Spirit, the love between the Father and the Son, and that you left it here so that we can continue to be part of that circle of love and that as we see in the first reading in the second reading of first peter we bless you we bless the the father and we bless the son and we bless the holy spirit because in your great mercy you have given us a new birth to a living hope through your resurrection jesus and you're resurrecting us even today from the dead. Thank you that you've given us an inheritance that is imperishable, that is undefiled, and is unfading. Thank you that we may, through your victory, extend our hands and receive this inheritance right now that is kept in heaven for us. Because by the power of God, you have safeguarded us and you've given us this faith to a salvation that is ready to be revealed today to those that do not know you, do not love you, do not adore you. We ask that you will extend that mantle of faith to those very specific ones that we mentioned right now in the silence of our hearts. Oh Lord, thank you. We rejoice knowing that you suffered trials so that this faith could be extended to those around us, that you are now above every other power and authority in the heavenly places interceding for us, that you are loving us and that you are rejoicing in the victory of all those that are coming back to the church and that this glorious joy is our joy today, and we extend that to the world. Thank you for your passion and your death and your resurrection. Thank you because as you met Thomas, you meet us. Thank you that you find us in our unbelief. Help us in our unbelief and make our faith grow. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.